Welcome to the Boys High School Hockey Podcast. Today, Carl, Danny, and Tony reunite after about five or six months apart. We'll sit down today and talk a little bit about what we've done for the last few months and what's coming for the next four or five months for high school hockey. We hope you enjoy today's show, and we thank you for listening. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire Well, good afternoon, everyone. How are you guys doing, Danny? Well, I'm doing okay. It's uh, I think it's Sunday, but it's actually Monday. It is Monday. It's a great Monday to you. Uh, Carl, uh, how are you doing up there in uh, Duluth in your brand new house? I'm doing well, yeah. It's been uh, crazy these last few months since we last talked, but uh, yeah, I bought myself a new home and uh, been trying to do what I can to just you know, keep moving as we all enjoy our new lives here, you know, so put some time traveling out west. I've been doing some house projects. So, yeah, keeping busy. Let's talk about the new pad. Um, I'm guessing it's on the east side of Duluth? Not Hermantown. No. <laughs> That's a good one. Your first funny. All right. Um, let's, okay, I, I'm, I think you're in the Congdon neighborhood, aren't you? Yep, that would be my youth rink. Yes. Yeah. Was that your youth rink as a kid? No, I would have been a, uh, a Portman kid growing up. The Portman Bruins. Okay, can we out yep. Carl? Uh, Carl? Yeah, I love out Carl. Did you play hockey, Carl? <laughs> it doesn't matter. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> Why does that matter? I don't think it does. I'm do you just... like him less because he didn't play hockey? Yes. You do? I like him more because he didn't play hockey. <laughs> I like guys like that. Like I love yeah. that part of our show. Charlie it's Weiss. Like, Yes. Never played football. You think Lou Holtz was a, a good college football player? Probably couldn't call out the plays very well. Yeah. No, he was a, he was he a great was a coach. He was a really good coach, though. Man, he was a good coach. He was, for sure. All right, so, Carl, let's, you, you talked a little bit about buying the house. Talk about the house. How big is it? Where is it? What does it talk a little bit about the pad? Sure, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's a you know, mid-century bungalow, so kind of in this weird little pocket of the Congdon neighborhood that if you know what Lewis Congdon is the neighborhood with Glensheen and a lot of the big old houses. So it's kind of right up above those. And then behind me, I've got all the big new houses, but I've got this little row of, you know, you know good built entry-level house here. And uh, yeah, it's got, you know, three levels, finished basement, got a spiral staircase, which is kind of fun. Um, getting big furniture up and down is a little adventurous, but it's a cool feature. Nice open floor plan, big backyard, got some tr- nice big trees. One of which had a large branch that fell down when Daddy came to visit. So. <laughs> really? So you've seen his house? Coin. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen his house. I chopped down trees at his house, and I've painted mm-hmm. his house. Oh, that's freaking awesome. I that is great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He put me to work, and I cooked for him, too. Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure you did that. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I have a story. I think I may have told this on the show. If, if not, uh, I was meeting with a good friend of mine and he was from maybe a western suburb of Duluth and he grew up in that suburb and he would always he said well yeah whenever you hear the word Congdon 
we used to always say Congdon, like in the Thurston Howell the Third mode, like, oh, he lives over in the, he plays for Congdon, lovey, as if it were to say that's the rich, rich area of Duluth. And of course, fitting for, you know, a high priced consultant like you, Carl, you would mm-hmm. find yourself in a, in a high buck neighborhood. Oh, naturally. Yeah. Naturally, naturally. <laughs> uh, so speaking of which, people want to know about Carl. Uh, you are a consultant. Are you uh, working from home? Or are you having work in the office? How is that going? I am pretty much working from home. You know, we're a small office, so we, we can go in and use it if we want to, but really there's no need. I mean, I've been remote since, you know, even before the, the, the statewide shutdown orders came. And it's, no, it's, it's different, but it's not. Okay. It's, it's not. But my adjustment has not been difficult compared to many people. All right. Uh, and Danny, you have went from office boy to home worker as well yep. uh, for the last five months. And you're looking at least until the first of the year before you go back to the Toro headquarters, right? Yeah, that's what Toro's kind of said is 2021. But so the offices, I think, is like 11, 1200 in Bloomington. Employees. Uh, employees. Yeah. So... I doubt that we're going back in January. Even They're just kicking the can as far back as they can. But I, the company's producing mowers and products yeah. better than it ever has? Or, or well, My, my division has been crazy busy. Yeah. Um, um, so I work in the residential landscape contractor division in the dealer channel side. Um, so if you guys know certain dealers, I, don't, yep. I can't really drop names because it shows preferential. Um, but I... Uh, that's those are my customers, and they have been crazy busy because people sitting around at home have been like, "Well, the yard looks like it could get a little spruced up." Yeah, and they've been using their Trump bucks per se to buy lawnmowers. Well, our first political, we're going to try to avoid it, but we'll we'll get there, I'm sure. But um, Trump bucks, they are Trump bucks. They're national dollars versus the local dollar. Yes. So, but that has been um, made my division very busy. That's good um, to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's been been fun, um, but working from home is a different scenario yeah. than I'm used to. You're a pretty social, extroverted person and living in... Yeah, it, and it's hard when you work in a headquarters like that where you can walk over to somebody's desk and now I can just walk to my kitchen. Right. And it's it feels like I'm more on call than normal. Um, yeah, it, it, because just people know that they can reach me quicker than normal. And so, um, yeah, it, it's definitely interesting. So we can't we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, what's happened to the, to the city that I grew up in and where the neighborhood you live in, Danny. Walk through uh, living uh, near Loring Park. What happened in late May, early June in the city and what happened to you and Everything surrounding you. So I'm a block away from Loring Park itself. So I'm on uh, I'm 13th and kind Yale. of sandwiched between the yeah. Lunds and the and, the park and the park, right? Yeah, and so um, really, when all the stuff started blowing up um, in May, literally, yeah, um, that happened south of me. Yep. Um, but it still got pretty close to me. Um, especially lo- on Friday night. Especially uh, Friday night, they were actually... And Saturday night. Saturday night, they were closer. Saturday yeah. night, they got less than probably a mile away from me on the, uh, when the main stuff was going on. But, I mean, I was locked down in my place while Blackhawks were flying over, smelling smoke in my place. Uh, it, it was intense, and all the stuff that burnt down, that post office, the Wells Fargo, 
Fargo, the Hibachi. Well, 35W was closed for a number of months uh, yeah. last year or two years ago. I had to drive by that all the way because Toro's off of Lindale in Bloomington. So that's how I would get to work is go down Blaisdell. Yeah. And so I know that area extremely well. And so it's it, it was very, very sad watching the news and stuff because it's like I know that neighborhood and everything and more recently they've gotten a lot closer to my um my place i would say um well yeah you had the brits pub thing the the brits brits lunds got um busted into um that was scary so actually what happened was that tuesday or wednesday it was wednesday um my girlfriend was dropped off at my place coming back from her cabin. And so around like 830, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to drive you home. She lives over in Richfield. And so the quickest way to, is to get on 35. And so when we were driving on 10th to get onto the 35, around 8th and Marquette area, there was a horde of people running. Yes. And, and it was like what what's going on like it's a wednesday and so we knew about the stuff that happened on eighth and necklet but we didn't really know much more because we weren't paying attention to the news before we left and uh, so we drove right through all that (laughs) without knowing it got to her place and was there for maybe 15 minutes before i learned that downtown was shut down yeah so i had to go Literally, the back roads off of Penn on 394 cut through Cedar Lake to Isles to uh, really? Lowry to Hill to, yeah, to... Home wasn't exactly safe. You should probably went to your parents' house. That would have been a little yeah, safer. Yeah, there's been a lot of times where home hasn't been safe. And, I mean, my neighborhood looks a lot different than what it did to start the pandemic. My two favorite restaurants are now closed and Four Bells and Butcher and the Boar. Yeah. Um, I mean... It, uh, yeah. I, I can't say every time Carl would come into town, we would go to butcher butcher is kind of was a sta- place. staple wow. of my family. Yeah. It, and so it, that's been, I mean, this week's been kind of hard in getting adjusted to that because um, I mean, I know the wait staff. And so I was reaching out to them and everything when that happened. It's just, it's weird. Jordan got a full time job, right? Uh, yes, uh, our main uh, okay. wait, that's, uh, that's, server that's, that's a relief. Uh, out there. Yeah, so um, glad to hear that. But it's just it's it's yeah it's a lot different than the neighborhood that I really grew to love because I can't go walk around the park anymore um, the way I used to. It's not safe. I mean, people are getting shot over vodka bottles down there. Yeah. It's just it's different, and so I don't know. I'll probably be looking to move, but I don't know where yet. And my lease is up in April. So. Yeah, there's a lot of people like that. It, yeah, it, and my lease is too expensive that I can't really double lease somewhere no, type no. of thing. That doesn't make sense. And, no. And then it's like, I don't want to leave Minneapolis, too. Right. I, it, it's When you're young, you don't want to leave the heart of the city, and the city is definitely changing. The landscape is definitely changing. Well, we worked, the city worked so hard with growing itself back up. I mean, Loring Park had a terrible reputation. Yeah. Even ten years ago or more, but in the last you know five years, just living down there, it's it's been awesome. It, you know, and I've ne- always felt safe, but I don't necessarily feel that way right now. It's tricky. All right, well, I'll change gears. Mine's more hockey centric because that's all I've done. Uh, the second half of this pandemic run, the first obviously three months, 
I sat here and did uh, podcasts. I, I can't. I lost track how many I did. I, I was on a one a day pace early, and then it got to about four <laughs> or five a week in the second half of that. And I've listened to a handful. There's some fun ones on there. You participated in one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really tell you which one was the most fun. I, obviously, the Tom Chorsky ones were fun because I didn't have to do any research. Literally, <laughs> I just all right. Let's turn the thing on and let's go and talk about our childhood and talk about his Stanley Cup. That was a fun one. Uh, doing Derek Plant and Bruce Plant was a fun one. And at Derek's house up in Hermantown, the same day we gave his son Zam the Bantam Player of the Year, and that was a fun day. I listened to the Pat O'Leary one. That was a good one. That was a good one. I like that one. He was a lot of fun. I did. Uh, Dave Brown from from Rogers. Rogers. I did a lot of high school, a lot of high school boys and girls coaches, which was fun. Lechner, I listened to. Yeah, oh, the most powerful one. um, Oh, I like to hear Kelvin. um, What's Simon Simon. from Shakopee? I really like that. I really oh, like that. That, that one. warms my heart. He's the greatest guy. Yeah, I want to meet him. He I really do great, because I think we're around the same guy. age. Yeah, and, probably. And he seems like just a really down to earth, cool person and really has a, like just really smart. Here's a hot take. So I'm doing the pre show with him and we're kind of going through some of us, you know, kind of his life path or whatever. And I've Thought he might be biracial, but I didn't know. I didn't really care, you know. So I, so I said to him, "I well, you know, you're a pretty good hockey player. I see you got some good points here. Why didn't you pursue that?" He goes, "Well, you know, it's my senior year. I've been going to an all white school, hang out with all white people, and football, of which I end up playing in college, had a lot more Concordia, diversity. I yeah, say. Concordia St. Paul. He goes had a lot more diversity, and that's really what I was yearning for. Yeah, I'm like so I chose that sport." Because there was more diversity than than the more white sport, yeah, and it was the best decision ever made in my life. Yeah, I know that. I, I know, thought that was pretty cool. I, I thought that was a really cool. Did answer. he say that on the show too? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. You know, you know, how it works. Pre-show yeah. and actual show, it's kind of gets merged together. I, I really liked the way he he told that good story from high school about his coach that said like, Kel- it's they're just happen. jealous yes, of you. Yes, they are. That's all they are. It's because you are a very, very good player. Yeah. And I thought that was really – and he's like, that's what stuck with me. Yeah. Not not people slinging stuff at me. I'm glad you liked that show. I'm glad – I've been – since he got hired, I'm like, watch out for Shock because he's just such a positive person and people – he's a beacon and people come to his light. You know, yeah. They I, will. I, he'll be – they'll have a nice little program in, in a few years, but a real tough section. I mean, as much as you want to say he's got a great program, I mean, you beating beating – Minnetonka, Eden Prairie, and Eden Chasta, Prairie are really it, tough. And Chanhassen's coming now too. I Holy mean, Family's in that one too. Yeah, so it, it's it's a tough section, but we can we'll, we'll be talking about Shock P in in three or four years. So that's the fun part of this. All right. So uh, in addition to the podcast, uh, June eighteenth, we ran two tournaments in Fargo, um, and then uh, while about to launch my first tournament up in Fargo, I learned that Minnesota's going back to allowing games on July 1st. So we ran, Todd and I counted seven events. Two of them were week-long events in 52 days. Uh, from July, June 18th <laughs> to whatever, August 1st. It was an amazing run. And then August has been pretty normal. Um, you know, a, a weekend, every weekend we had something, whether it be Bantam Elite League or a girls tournament, Minnesota Cup. So We've been running hard um, Which, with not much break. That's um, good. 
Yeah, and and that really is kind of a good segue into why we're having this show today is to talk about data points and what data points are and what they would mean to the possibilities of height boys high school hockey and girls high school hockey for that matter. Um, so um, data points, I'm going to go through some of my data points and I'm just going to be full disclosure here on, on everything that I know about COVID and the rules. So um, our second weekend in um, Fargo, we had about five or six people, uh, different families, come back and say they had cases, um, and they may or may not have received that the the, the virus in Fargo. But uh, obviously, some fingers point to that, and we almost got a reputation like, "Oh yeah, you go to Fargo and you're going to get COVID." A little bit, <laughs> the whispers were that right. I'm like, I'm like, nah, uh, that's a bad reputation to have. But we had a, we had another event. <laughs> you think, Tony? Yeah. Well, we well go back. So then, then you take a break over Fourth of July, and then we had a week long camp with the University of Minnesota players up in Fargo. Not one case came from that. And then we had an enormous tournament that same weekend called the Stars of Tomorrow. Like eight hundred players played in that, and zero cases came out of that. So whatever the problem was in that boys' weekend didn't continue through. Well, and it it, it kind of goes to the whole you uh, once it's there, it will spread. Type yeah. Of thing. Yeah, and there's no controlling that. None. So, it, it, but uh, but again, in Fargo, those three weekends and cl- and then plus the camp, no masks, handshaking, back slapping <laughs> people at bars. Now looking back, I'm like it was a little bit. People were a little bit in a rush to get back to normal. Minnesota, again, I say Minnesota then opened on July 1st. We didn't obviously move back to Minneapolis because we had all the ice planned in early July for those events, so we didn't go back. Go back, so then we started uh, in late July and had an event in Bloomington. And Bloomington, just so you know, if anyone is going to go to Bloomington, they're the strictest rink out of any of the metro rinks that we're aware of. I mean... You know that doesn't surprise me about big. <laughs> really, really strict by far. Then maybe Braemar is the next, and I think I've heard that where the elite league is going to be played, New Hope is just as strict, which is great. It's I'm, good. A, I'm one of these guys that's like, okay, let's be as strict as we can because we're going to get to these data points. Because let's just say August first, and we sure we had a little bit late, late, late July, but let's say from August first to September first, we've had two cases in in YHH sponsored events. Two cases come up. Of kids, and they're actually the same team, completely separate. Oh, uh, one kid from Orono and one kid from Prior Lake had it. Uh, they were tested and sat out their their ten days and came back and participated, and, mm-hmm. and no issues. I think that's a pretty good number if you consider the well over a thousand players and thousands it's of lower fans. than the state average. Uh, it's it's, isn't it's it? really good, and, and yeah. that's and they've been re- they reported, and so. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that, and and if we get to it later in the show, but I want to make sure I just didn't, didn't leave this out. If you are a high school hockey player, if you're a Bantam player, it doesn't matter. If you're a player between now and October 1st, and then obviously from October 1st until the end of March, please be as safe as you can. Don't come into a rink with a mask off and just be like and take the your T-shirt and put it over your nose. You're an absolute <laughs> moron. Please, you're a moron. And I, those are the people I go after. It's it's the yep. it, and I wear glasses, so it's really hard for me to have my mask over oh. my nose. I I put it. Up, I mm-hmm. do kind of a fifty fifty. I get it up, put it down. Sometimes a little bit low 
the deal. I'm doing my best to do it. Everybody needs to have the mask. Everyone needs to hand yeah. sanitize their hands before they walk in a rink for their own safety, for the safety of others. If it's nothing else, I mean, you could be the biggest. You could you could ride in the Trump boat parade, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> or be an Antifa. I don't care where you stand politically. Do this for hockey. If you're a hockey goob, rube, geek like the rest of us, do it for that. Don't do it for political reasons. Please, I beg you to be cooperative to the people who run events. Be cooperative to MSHSL. Be cooperative to Minnesota Hockey. Be cooperative to the Red and Black League. Be cooperative when you enter these rinks. It's going to make everything way easier. If you're uncooperative, the people who run the stuff are going to go, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. These people are jerks. Yeah. You know, so please, that's what I beg of you to follow the rules. Be safe. Don't let the rink be the incubator. Home Depot, Cub Foods, Burger King, these places are going to do just fine giving out the the virus. Yeah. My sermon is over. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's weird, the mask stuff. Yeah. You know, it's just wear a mask so we can do this. (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly. that's what Thank it comes you, down to. Thank you. So data points, when I get to data points, we're going to have to need very low data points coming out of high school and youth hockey for that matter. Youth hockey's already performed this because high school hockey kind of got, they had their STP stuff and they had an event and nothing came out of it that I'm aware of. But they're going to use, Minnesota Hockey will be the reporting factor. Mm-hmm. They have their HP programs. Um uh, high school league counts as Minnesota hockey because it's it's a USA sanctioned uh, event. They're going to have data points from August to October for when they go to meet with the high school league on October fourth, I believe it is, for a board meeting to decide if there's going to be boys and girls high school hockey. We need good data points. So yeah. in order to get good data points, we have to be well behaved. Yeah. Any thoughts on that, Carl? Yeah, I think you've laid down the manifesto there as well as we, we could have. I mean, if you want to have hockey, we need to not give anyone a reason to cancel it. You know, Amen. Amen. So we'll wait to see what that happens. Our show today will be to talk about scenarios. There's a lot to talk about with this scenarios. And, and if, you know, there's maybe there's some talk on the high school forum, but there's a lot of talk in the rinks. There's a lot of, I get in a lot of texts and a lot of phone calls from lots of different people, whether they're high school coaches, players, fans, everything in between. Well, I like to say this, you can read the forum, you can, you know, keep up with your friends and family or what have you, but you never learn more than anything about any hockey rumor than when you're in a rink. Yes. Because it's like, like it's the anti-church rule, right? Oh, did you hear about this? Let me gossip with you. Yes. But it's kind of a, the rink is such a coming together point that way that that is where you learn about all this stuff. Yeah, without a chance to go to the rink, we're going to offer you some of that information yes. here today. So I'm going to throw down uh, the alternative. There's there's three different there's three different scenarios ahead of us. One is the alternative, which we're going to talk about, which is a Minnesota hockey hybrid with MSHSL, and then we'll talk about potential uh, MSHSL only situations. And then we'll talk about the no hockey that it could potentially all get shut down, uh, including youth hockey and what that would do and how that could happen as well. So let's talk a little bit about the U 19, 
uh, aversion, Danny. Um, yep. th- what's been proposed, and I've, I've, you know, people accuse me of not being a journalist. I have literally talked to 15 different coaches. I only need to talk to two or three in order to get this down. I've seen it in writing from a certain section 2AA coach to the other coaches in 2AA. I've seen a lot in writing here that this option, which is a USA hockey slash Minnesota hockey sanctioned hockey from November, whatever it was, November 1 to January 1. So they would play normal high school hockey games following the U.S. The Minnesota Hockey Phase 3 protocols, which is two fans per uh, player in the building. And then on January 1st, presumably working in concert with the MSHSL, they would then pick up and continue to play as normal. Uh, those teams that were Minnesota Hockey sanctioned would p- become MSHL sanctioned and continue to play through some type of fashion in January and February with maybe playoffs in February and possible a state tournament in February. Okay, because I don't know this stuff. I'm going to ask a couple of questions. Yeah, please okay. do. So, And I don't know some answers. If you ask me about playoffs in state, I no, don't know. That's, I'm not as concerned about that per se right now. Maybe okay. we'll talk about that. But Okay, so Minnesota high school hockey has a number of teams, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about co-ops or private schools. Will USA Hockey let those? Yes. Okay. Um, do they wear the same uniform? Yes. Okay. Um, are there the same rules that will apply? Uh, icing, touch-ups, and all that? They would probably play USA, which is a little bit different on the 2 and 10s. Uh, a little bit different, maybe even on the on number of minutes as well. No, U19, they would be allowed to play 20-minute periods. But high school plays 17. 17, so yeah. So, I don't know. That's a good question. High school elite league plays 20. Yeah, so but they there's play gonna a be weird some, modified. They're, they're gonna, they're, it'll be, I, I don't know the answer to the rules. Okay. Good, good question. Good question on the rules. Um, you know, there, there's, how about coaching staff? You know, they need certifications. I've heard that might be an issue. I have heard that they are going to be waived. That was what okay. I've been told. That those all and and what what Carl is saying is uh, to coach a Bantam Double A team or a U ten B team. It doesn't matter. You need to be USA sanctioned, certified, it's level one, level two, level three, all the way up. I believe that those will be waived. All those certifications will be waived, which becomes a great question, Carl. Because what the biggest concern that I uh, uh, that I have out of the USA model is there are uh, very little rules when it comes to uh, like drugs and alcohol, mm. right? Yeah. Who's enforcing the drugs and alcohol or school attendance, which is one of the things that was a great, you know, well, the school level the playing field on, on kids. It made people attend school. Like, well, make you grades could, you important. Could, you could skip school and do whatever you want playing bantams, and no one can stop you. Mm. Right? Yeah. Well, and then, uh, well, the other is the, the 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 biggest question is can a player um, who doesn't live in the school district take an online course at a specific school and all of a sudden make a good team really good, if you know what I'm saying. And that's that's really confusing to me, I would say. And I, then all of a sudden he goes back. I, I would think that should have failed now, though, because I mean, school has started, right? 
Not all yeah. schools have started. Some will start this week, Carl, because it's after Labor Day. Yeah, but well, uh, but by the time high school hockey starts, yeah, yeah, sure. That's I think that's getting into the uh, talking about the rules, like the icing rules and the 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 all those rules. I think that's kind of leave that up to the to the uh, the administrative people. Okay. The the yeah. the, the sc- what schools people attend. I think that's gonna. I think it's gonna be a wild west kind of year. You know, I really do. I think it's you're gonna see kids playing for, you know, and yeah. I hate to say it, they're gonna be playing for the prominent pubs. You know, like the Edina, Minnetonka, E Prairie, Maple Grove. All of a sudden, they're gonna get these mystery move-ins. You know, kid from <laughs> Champlin's gonna end up in in Maple well, Grove or whatever. And I don't know anything about that. I'm just saying but that he, kind of stuff is going to happen this year. The hypothetical of if your school is an online school. Why does it matter what school that you're going to? Right. We, again, I don't want to make this show about the the eligibility. Yeah. Even the USA. I just want, I think what ends up going to happen is going to be U19 hockey. It's going to be sanctioned. It's. I think these scores are going to get reported on the high school hockey hub. I I hope to God they do. Don't you? But you yeah. the the attendance thing, Tony. Is a weird thing. You're asking. You're telling me because I've been running tournaments with two people per the last well, six not, weeks. No, it's the weird. school attendance. Think about that. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, That's, I thought you meant. I thought game no, attendance. No, yeah. because so my mom's a teacher in um, in a metro school district. Yeah. Um, Washington, not, right? South, South Washington, Washington yep. but not high school. So she's right. in one of the middle schools. Um, but yeah, attendance is. It's a like, big deal. Not existent like it was. <laughs> There's you know? no attendance now. It, well, no. So she's a hybrid school, okay? But, like, if you're all online, there's no... Like there's limited checks and balances on this. Very little, yeah. <laughs> so, I, anyways, that just makes me like, huh? That's that's another weird thing. So if somebody, quote unquote, open enrolls, let's say Dinah, yeah, right, for online only because it is online, let's say, yeah, but never checks into the school. But yeah, for the first two months, <laughs> the first two months, you could, in theory. Not even get a credit hour or yeah. pass a class and be playing for Kurt Giles. Yeah, it's that's a little weird, but again, no different than any tier one programming now. I mean, yeah. the, the, the USA Hockey is yeah, not checking grades. An intelligent coach is going to realize if this is a hybrid model and think you know, the standards are going to start on January first, and we're back under you know the, the authority of the NSHSL. I mean, why would you take a player who's not going to? Right. We'll hold up that there in the margin. I agree. And I don't think, and hockey really isn't that type of sport anyway. These kids are, a lot of these kids are aspiring to play college hockey and have to have GPAs and have yeah. to have ACT yeah. scores yeah. and have to have all that stuff. Anyways, so. it's just interesting. I, I agree. So that is, to me, what I'm hearing most prevalent to be the model that will be in place. And again, again, not to get too political here, but I still don't understand and I'd like to get your guys' comments on this, pushing it back, you know, to the, the fable January 1st, like something's going to get solved between now and January 1st. Well, I, th- I think the best way to talk about that is like going back to work because like, at least for me, like it got to a point where our CEO was like, we're not even going to talk about when you guys are going to go come back to the office because it, there is no point to. There's there no point to get expectations higher 
than what they should be because they're, <laughs> there's no realistic expectation. No, no, I, I don't. What, Carl, what are your thoughts on this push push it back? It's almost like a cancel society, but it's it's like a push it back society, <laughs> you know? Delay society. Yeah, delay it. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, obviously, people are being wishful thinking that, well, I mean, we've got, what, four months between now and January 1st, maybe we can get a vaccine by then. But even if we do, I mean, distribution, I don't think it's going to happen in any meaningful way. Um, no. I th- and I think part of it is also just wanting more data, more understanding of, you know, I have a, well, the complete understanding by that point of what the fall sports season looked like and how it worked for the sport that did exist. But, um, you know, they're trying, but I agree. You know, just pushing things back, you know, I, I struggle to see what they, they gain from that. All right. Well, that's a great segue, Carl, into what the MSHSL decided for fall sports. And we almost, like a, a golfing term, almost can read the putts of the MSHSL <laughs> from a hockey perspective. See the line. Right. You can see the line a little bit. Like, okay, so let's just play out the scenario. And I got a daughter that plays soccer, and I don't even know what the playoff rules are. <laughs> so I should know them. I don't think they've been announced. I really don't think they haven't announced what they're going to do. But let's go through the three main sports that, that from, from the fall that were affected by this football was a full move to spring yeah football is a contact sport um played outdoors uh volleyball was moved to spring which was the one that's the most concerning because that's an indoor sport which hockey most emulates well the thing that i've thought about volleyball actually tony is it might have a high um turnout Every school can fund a volleyball team, no matter the size, really. And so that's the same way with football is the turnout for those sports is high. Yes. And so that's why I think volleyball, more than like a cross country, you know, is pushed back just because there's a lot more people playing volleyball. Well, cross country and uh, even bike racing, all these sports are kind of being bike done. Bike racing? That's yeah. a sport? Well, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, another one I can compete in. So these sports <laughs> these sports are all done in heats now. They aren't run in packs. They oh, aren't. So a lot, okay, a lot yeah, of this yeah, stuff yeah. is done in mm-hmm. heats again. Um, so Makes they're sense. much, That's, yeah, uh, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but then soccer, uh, boys and girls soccer, they're playing soccer. But this the reason I'm bringing soccer is because my daughter plays. But I'm using it as an example. Their season was to be 18 regular season games, and now it's like 11, and it's only conference. And you have to, if you want to go outside of conference, you have to get a tag or something, approval from the high school league to play one outside of Because if you don't have the number of games. Sure. So, so sure. They're basically, she's Metro West, so they're playing – a Metro West only conference schedule. Sure. And I don't know what the rules are on playoffs. I should have known this. I don't think they've announced it, but if there are going to be playoffs, they have not announced yet. So I don't, I think the reason they haven't announced yet because they don't have enough data points. Correct. You don't follow what I'm saying? Something that actually Mm -hmm. uh, I thought about right now. So, um, is hockey going to be looped with basketball? It, oh, for sure it will be. But where basketball is really more contact in a lot of ways, indoors, it, it, should it be? But I'm touching the same ball. ball. Yeah, uh, but I could really... Without see, gloves on. So I could really see like the MSHSL grouping those two sports together because I they're agree. winter sports. Sorry, I, that just kind of came... I agree. I, I, again, uh, hockey, bobo... I carry the flag in some days, you know, for hockey. I agree. Basketball seems more dangerous than hockey. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know if it is. I don't either. I, I, I have no idea. But I, I, if I were a basketball person, I could make a case that hockey's more dangerous than Yeah, you're than all basketball. sitting on the bench together. Yeah, yeah, sitting right you whatever. So so we could argue that until yeah. we're blue yeah. in the face. But I want to go with kind of the, the reading the sure. putts thing and going back to soccer. Soccer, I don't think, has announced their playoffs for boys and girls yet, um, which is a big yeah. deal if you think about it because, all right, we're talking high school hockey. If if they can't do it for soccer, how in the world they're going to pull it off for basketball or hockey in the winter and get to their fabled yeah. boys high school state tournament that's played on TV, which is a huge part of the equation for our superstars that are now playing in the NAHL or the USHL, right? They're sitting in Green Bay. They're sitting in Bismarck right now going, hmm, I'm going back if we can play in the state tournament. Oh yeah, ain't going back if I'm not playing the state tournament on on statewide TV. Well, Fair? I ain't going back if I don't know how many games I'm going to be able to play. Correct, correct. That's that's more that in the state tournament. I think are the biggest things. Okay, so let's play out a scenario here. I call this on our list here. I call this normal, right? Let's say the high school league says, "Yeah, we're going to play high school hockey, but we're going to look more like soccer, right?" Instead of what is it, 25 games? Yes. It's going to be 17. And guess what? Only conference games, and we'll let you know if we're going to have playoffs or not. That's basically what they're telling soccer right now, mm-hmm. and they would probably tell hockey. So what are what your if, thoughts on that option? I don't like that one at all. N- Do you? No, but Cause we're yes, not- yes and no, Tony. Why yes? Why yes, it means there's hockey. Okay, <laughs> still, you're watching, you're watching Lake – the late conference play each other three times. That's boring. They already do that. They, I know. So there's a yes and no with that. Right? I, I'm, I'm asking you the yes. I already know the no, but yeah. give me the yes. Why would that be exciting to you? Why that's exciting to me is with no promise of playoffs. Is that that would hold a number of kids still in the state? Yeah, I think. I think the kids that are staying are the ones that are staying, and the ones that are leaving, they're already gone. And they they might come back if they're promised a TV, televised state high school tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And quite frankly, if you have this USA, uh, the U19 thing, I think they're going to play more than 25 games. They're going to stack game after game into the, you know. Well, you would have to. You honestly would have to. They're going to have a ton of games between – November 15th and January well, we, 1st. We talked about this in the pre-show, is if you're a ninth grader with Bantams, Bantam uh, they, eligibility. Please, I'm begging these kids, Drew Stewart and you, you Beckett Hendrickson, play Bantams. Play Bantams. Don't play high school. There's no reason. There's no reason this year to play high school. It, it's I just, too fragmented. Well, there's no, the guarantees are just not there. And there's so many good ninth graders this year. It's just, and it's going to be a great league, even without the, the ones I'm talking about, the Minnetonka kids and the Hill Murray kids that could go play at Woodbury. Even without those kids, it's a great year for Bantams. I mean, Eden Prairie's team, Edina's team, they're going to be fantastic teams this year. So here's something I don't understand. Um, Lake Conference now is spread out, Tony. Okay, so if you are forced to play Lake Conference, I mean, essentially, you're having an out-of-state, two out-of-state teams come down and play Metro teams. Who, Buffalo and St. Michael? Yeah. Now, well, they're Section 8. Okay. Now, yeah. uh, so it, it would really have to be either section opponents 
or conference. It's, I think it's a, it's a combination. But if it's a combination, you're really not saving anything with certain sections. So Elk River's another good example of yeah, that. Elk River and over in a weird spot. So, yeah, and you know you could argue the same with Creighton. But right now, the way I follow soccer, soccer is playing kind of a conference or section, kind of depending on the region they're in. So I think it's going to be a hybrid of those. Um, that's my opinion. Carl, what do you think? Yeah, it's out of curiosity. I was looking at the Duluth East soccer schedule because the soccer teams are independent, like hockey teams, so mm. well, they don't have a conference. And, um, yeah, the furthest road trip they make is Grand Rapids. It's all northeast Minnesota. Mm. A couple range, but mostly Duluth area. Often playing them twice. So, yeah, I mean, finding ways to make that work, I guess. Yeah, I've never talked about so much soccer in my life on this boys' <laughs> high school pot, but but it is. It's the only real putt. We can't yeah. we can't follow cross country meets <laughs> and go. How is this? That's, there's no real, but that's the only. It's a contact sport, you know. It's although it's played outside, it's the only thing we can really judge the high school league's decision making process on, and it's girls and boys soccer right now, and and that's what I think. I kind of hope that we don't get approval until I hope it is pushed back and they can play these games because it's going to look like a more normal schedule. And I guarantee, and I hate to use this word, I know the high school league does not have the balls to tell us if there's going to be a state high school hockey tournament. They just don't. Do you think so, Carl? No, that's kind of a million-dollar question here. And the other question is, can the state high school league afford to not have (laughs) (laughs) a hockey tournament? (laughs) That's a great tease to later in the show because that's going to be one of our topics is the the solvency of the state high school league uh, with or without Mm – the state high school hockey tournament. Okay, so what's what's another option, Tony? The other option is no hockey at all. That this disease, this virus comes in and just wipes out youth hockey and uh, high school hockey. Uh, that which is very possible. I would still think this it's, is it's this very is possible. Remember now, we're a very very blue state. Uh, there are certain states that just have uh, Illinois, which is five hours away, yeah. has just stopped hockey in general. So all the kids in, in Illinois cannot play hockey games right well, now. Well, uh, Illinois for a long, long time, Illinois is in quadrants right yep. now. And then they were shut down even in like the far south quadrants for a long time because I I know that area because it's part of my work. And so that's, it's just, it's crazy how, you know, that stuff, you will just get shut down. Yeah, so that's a, that's a scary reality, and and for us youth hockey, we don't make money unless there's hockey being played. There's got to be a big pumpkin around the corner. There's got to be a tournament for us to host yeah. or keep our lights on, and we were able to somehow get by through being shut down in March, April, May, and most of June. But we 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 were able to save it, but. We can be shut down any time, and that's a scary proposition. And the reason yeah. I say that is it's a scary proposition for specifically to our show. I think youth hockey in Minnesota will survive. If, if, if they shut it down this year, it would survive. Kids would find a way to play hockey and it would come back. It might be stronger, too. Yeah, but high school hockey, which is the big question here, does this thing kill high school hockey one year out? Uh, Carl? I think the damage could be substantial. And I think that, you know, anyone who's watched the trends of every, everything that's happened since COVID hit has kind of seen this, you know, everything that's been going on has just been accelerated on rapid pace, you know, from going to working from home to living digital life and even 
getting into the, the whole racial reckoning, which we won't talk about the politics of, but yes. you know, it's like everything has accelerated in the world. And in some ways, that's, that's not a bad thing. You know, we're seeing, I think, that some stupid imitations of the use of implicit out of a lot of systems. I think people are finding that they can be more flexible with reparations. There's some, there's some good stuff happening. But it's also accelerating some of these trends away from community-based uh, activities, towards away from you know, doing things in, in larger groups, so this more, you know, kind of lonely digital existence that we uh, kind of live in. And, and, you know, in some ways, high school hockey with its community-based model is a holdout against that, and it, it is fighting some, some trends. It, it has been for, for decades now, and it's been able to hold up because people are very loyal um, because we've been you know, made, made concessions where we need to make concessions to make it work. And could this be something that, you know, it's, it's not going to break overnight, but could be a, a serious you know, bump against high school hockey? It, it could be. This takes careful management. We, we have to you know, work to keep it, keep it going. I'm glad you brought that up. You said it so eloquently. You said it. We've been, the high school, the community-based high school hockey model has been bucking trends. It really has bucked the trend of Massachusetts and Michigan and Illinois and the rest of the country. And this, we are in big, the, the game, the boys high school, girls high school game is really what, and I think what happened, the reason why it makes it so great and makes it easy to buck these trends is the televised State tournament. Even if yeah. you watch, if you watched the girls' final last year with Andover and Edina, you couldn't stop watching it. It was so exciting. It's unbelievable how good that girls' game is, and now the boys' game. We've we've seen millions of them. You know, the, mm-hmm. between the three of us, we've seen so many great boys' high school tournament games. That is what it's the jewel. And if that jewel gets shut down for a year, I think we could survive. But if it goes any further than that, we're in big trouble. That, when I say we, I mean not our show, but we're going to survive as the three of us, but <laughs> but the boys' high school game so. will be in big trouble. Yeah, I, that's the thing is uh, why do kids continue to play high school hockey, right? I, you know, some people will say it's, oh, they want to play with their friends. Their buddies. And it's yeah. like, eh, that's not as high no. as you think it is because then the private school argument always comes in. Yeah, no. The real argument is that they want to be noticed by people, scouts or what have girls, you. girls, and everybody, everybody. And you know, the pinnacle of that is the state tournament and the history behind it too. I think the section games too, some of the, the winter tournament games, you yeah, know what I mean? Like Schwan Schwan's Cup. Cup. Yeah. The, these things are great, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, Carl. Yeah. Let's say in the pre-show, we we're talking about, you know, Tony had that tweet maybe a couple of weeks ago saying this could be the year that Lucy Easton Hermantown have to play. But you know, my response to that was, was how sad would it be if the year that Lucy Easton Hermantown finally plays, no one is allowed in the arena? <laughs> the <laughs> tree falls in the forest. Does anybody hear it? Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that tweet was, uh, you know, I was not trying to troll anybody. It was just a funny thought that occurred to me. Like if, if they followed the soccer thing where you got to play within section and you got to do this, I'm like, who in the world is Duluth East going to play 17 games against? I'm looking, I'm like, Grand Rapids. Who's Waro going to play 17 games against Tony? <laughs> no idea. It's just, like, Lake of the Woods isn't going to have a yeah, They're not going to have a team. Yeah. You know, so like, Rozo. Yeah. Rozo. 
Rozo. Rozo. Thief River Falls Rozo. Rozo. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> the rivalry on steroids. Yeah, yeah. And so, I don't know. That's that's what gets kind of weird because I think it kills the And if sm- you can't go to Rozo or Warroad yeah. because of these little it, – it's that the Section 8 thing has got to get – you know, they would have to loosen the grip a little bit on those guys if that were to be the rule. That's I think to. that's that might be one of the consequences that you might see of this is the the section eights of the section three A yeah, of the southeast world. Southeast Minnesota and Northwest. Southwest those Minnesota make and Northwest. It kill. Minnesota, yeah. Those may get eventually absorbed into something else. Um, just to keep people in the metro playing. Because you need metro players. Northern players will always play. And yeah, they'll always no have question. teams. No question. But the metro is what well, this has been a fun discussion. Now I got some other stuff. I want to. I, I have categories of people that will be affected by any of these decisions. But let's just say there's going to be high school hockey, and it's played under what it would call it stage three of the uh, return to play USA Minnesota hockey. Okay. Um, and that's just so people don't know. It's it's two fans per. Uh, player. So again, there's going to be 80 fans in the stands. Um, let's talk about the fans. Uh, no students, obviously, would be allowed. No band. No yes. band. No <laughs> students. Uh, we'll get the press. That's the next one on the list here. But look, so what does it look like? You're watching a live stream of Andover and Blaine up at uh, at uh, Fogarty, right? You're yeah. watching that game, and there's 80 people in the building. I, what does that do for you? I've I've seen it. It's so 80 hard. people can muster up a little bit of energy, but it's not enough energy. I'm telling you, it's just well, not. Well, it's so hard to watch professional sports right now. It, for me, I don't yeah. watch it. It's just, Unless it's game seven overtime, then I turn it on. I'm like, oh, this will be good. But, like, you're just watching. It feels so much like an exhibition match. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, the great flute leg's on. I've been missing baseball. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, I'll watch a couple innings, but that's it. That's it because it's just yeah. it doesn't have that excitement factor, right, Carl? No, not at all. I mean, I watch a lot of baseball, too. But, you know, like watching the Yankees playoff push when they're going to be playing in Toronto in Buffalo this evening just doesn't quite have the same feel that it does. And we should say that that's, that's like with, you know, elite-level production quality, great. Like screen going, then you're trying to do the high school rink, which you know, we've seen how, how this works. <laughs> yeah, so, it's single camera, and it's not a great yeah. camera. No, it, there it, are it's a good broadcaster, <laughs> and that's what I keep going back to. We'll get to that in the press. It's like mm-hmm. uh, Greg Tinty, who runs our production for YHH. I'm like, we have four cameras, maybe three, and we have three or four broadcasters. Like, there's only going to be so many games we can broadcast or be hired out to broadcast. If there's even allowed, you know, if yeah. if we're even allowed in, because. God only knows, but I think we have plenty of data points on the broadcasting not being a part of our broadcasters getting it or giving out any virus. I don't think that's going to be a problem. But what if we want to go do uh, Cathedral and Alex this year, as an example? I'm not driving to St. Cloud unless the athletic director from that school gives me the full dark green light to come into that building and do the game. You know what I'm saying? So let's... uh Maybe I'll jump into the fan point of view yeah, on that. Yeah, give so, me your- So let's say I'm fan press, okay? I go to a lot of games. Yeah. I, but 
there's no reason for me to go to a lot of games this year if I drive up to the Mac and I get shut down <laughs> before I can even go get in. in the door. That's a fun drive. <laughs> you know, like, your, your your number of games attended is going to be low if ze- maybe zero. Maybe even zero this year. It, it really could might be, be zero. Doesn't mean you're not doing and a pod. It's going to be a flashback to our college days when we sat in our dorm rooms and watched. Yeah, I mean, do I remember watching Grand Rapids versus Roso in Mythology 101? Yeah, I did that. You know, but, but um, you know, that's going to be how it is. It's going to be, it, I'll circle back. You never learn more than what's going around the state as far as hockey is when you're in a rink. I agree with that. And, and that's that's what really makes our pod in a lot of ways. Is oh, all three of us we going We've a in, lot in the lobby. Going into rinks and because I I feel that's you know going to games is what I can bring to this podcast in a lot of ways. I lose that aspect of oh, my knowledge very quickly. Yeah, well, and, and they say we can lay them off if there are no games. Yeah, uh, well, furloughed. <laughs> let's use me as an example. I will probably be given ability to go into the rink with a camera and cover a game because tell the story that people aren't be able to go attend. Yeah, I'll probably be allowed into the rink, but I'm going to be sitting there at Braemar. You know, I'm putting my mask on now, and I'm going to go talk to uh, Trent Eigner. And like, how? What am I going to get out of talking to Trent with my mask on? He's going to have his feet mask away. on six feet away. There's not going to be much there. No, it, no. That is, it's it, there's even a disconnect there because of the mask. And I'm not ripping masks. I'm just saying no. it's a reality of yeah. of doing our job and, and 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 you know meeting up with people. It's a little bit trickier in today's environment to get information and and learn about what's going on. And then here's the other aspect with the press, too. So we're seeing this with the Elite League with a paywall, too, to even watch the games, okay? So the press can't paywall um, anything for the the State High School League if they want to be credentialed for the crown jewel. So... (laughs) So that's... That's actually... uh, That's wrong now because what's the one... the Tory Holt, the, that one preps plus uh, yeah, spotlight. Press spot. They're pay per viewing all soccer right now. <laughs> but this, I mean, again, not to get political. Like, do you know it's against the law? Like, it's a written law in the state of Minnesota to wear a mask into a building. It's a because well, you could go rob a bank with a mask on, right? Well, now it's a state mandate. To wear a mask where it's against the law. A lot of laws and mandates are kind of conflicting right now. And that's going to be one that's going to conflict because I can guarantee that there's going to be a paywall for most games getting straight. Every game is going to be paywalled. We will either have a – YHH will have either a paywall or a free with sponsors. It just has to be. It's going to be one or the other. Or it's free with paid by the school. Like, let's say at St. Paul Academy, who's expressed interest, we want you to broadcast 11 games. Sure, that's $300 a game. Sure. Well, that game's going to be free for the entire public to watch. Yeah. But we might have another program that's, you know, we're going to do, you know. Wasika versus (laughs) somebody, right? Yeah. But, you know, to make money on that game. I have to charge. And that's going to be the and case people for. Won't have a problem with it, I don't think. There's it, going to be Pete Wagner's group. There's going to be Prep Spotlight, and there's going to be us, and maybe someone else will pop out of the woodwork. And then there's going to be out of opportunity, right? And then there's going to be schools providing it for free. 
Yes. Yep, and which will be fine. But who knows what that will look like? I think some of them will be kind of cool. There's a group of kids out of Chanhassen who are doing some games. Oh, Todd fun. was 15, 16-year-old yeah. kids who said, hey, tell Tony Scott we would love to do games. And Todd's like jotting down their number because <laughs> you always need kids to do stuff. And we yeah. would love to have them, you know, and get, you know, promote that activity. But I think there's going to be some of those kids out there, too, that will do it. It'll be good. But, again, there's only so many cameras and there's only so many broadcasters to alleviate the because of the two fans thing. Yeah, so we just don't know where press are going to lie into that, and, and it's such a big, weird thing. Of all things for me to be concerned about, that's like number 932 on my list. <laughs> exactly. Oh, did I not get let into the St. Thomas Edina game this year? Like, oh. See, okay. for me, it's more of a concern. For you, it is. For me, it's not. I'd, I'd be just fine watching it online and following along, and if I can go to some games, great. If I can't. I'll know the game. By the time this thing rolls around, Peter and I will have a lock on what we're allowed to attend and what we're not allowed to attend. But I'll tell mm-hmm. you what, like you said, I'm not driving to the Mac to get yeah. to not get let in. Exactly. Well, I mean. Yeah, so like, we're not going to make a lot of road trips unless we have given. I know I go to War Road. I know they let me in. I know there's a lot of buildings where we're going to get let into because of relationship. But there's some where I'm like, mm, I'm not. No, I'm not going to risk it. You're yeah. Right? Without the express written consent of Major League Baseball, <laughs> no, of that specific yeah. school yeah. or that specific yeah. rank. Yeah. Uh, so we kind of we crossed the press off, right? That's we've sure. talked enough about press. Yeah. We talked about fans. Uh, what about parents? Why did I have parents on here? I think parents are kind of a big deal, don't you? I mean, they're they're the driving force behind a lot of these kids. Well, grandparents won't be going to games, not unless probably not. Mom wants to watch it on online, right? But. He, even if Even grandpa shouldn't, shouldn't yes, go to I a game. About that. Yeah. What they could be doing and what they will be doing. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, and so then, like, parents and family, it's a, it's going to be a whole thing because, I mean, it, even the elite league, you can only have um, two adults and one sibling at a game. Max. Max. Okay? Most families aren't four-person families. And, no, you know, I know. And, I know. And so in, if you have to drive, you know, from War Road to Thief River Falls, let's say, right, you you either have to have a babysitter or you don't go. Yeah, I know. It's going to be a lot of that. We've had a lot of – I talk about behaving. I had my little uh, sermon earlier about behavior. You should see some of the people when they find out they're, they can only bring two people in. The, they will just lay us out. I mean, they have people just have no shame when they lay us out. Like, I can't believe this, you know. And, and uh, you I had a mom. This is a true story. This is you guys will love this. I wish I could put Peter could put this one together better. But but uh, I had a dad where he brought his two children, and we said the children can't come in at that point. Siblings were allowed, so we actually babysat them. Literally, they they sat in the grass at Bloomington, right next to our table out there, and no big deal. <laughs> mom comes back the next day with the same two kids and tries to sneak them in. We're like, wait. We know these two. These are the two yeah. that we wouldn't let in. How come she's and you know what he's you know what she said? She says, I'm a single mom. So not only was she lying about the fact that 
these kids, she oh. was single and she was not married to this guy. She was married to this guy. Well, that's, a ran- ring, no. that's a ring, man. That's a ring. So the lying and like, and, and then she said, we're never coming back to our events. And this kid's a pretty good little player. I'm like, well, that's great. We'll just eliminate him from the invite list. Kids, we removed him forever. Like, no way we're taking that kid in our stuff. Because the mom was a complete freak and so rude to us about this and lied and and tried to sneak the kids in and all this stuff. I, like, I think I've learned a lot more in COVID that being rude does not save anything from anybody. You, no, you you I don't agree. win any friends that way. Just bite your tongue. No. Just bite your tongue. All right, so we went through that last one. Well, second to last one. The last one's we've kind of touched on already, but scouts. How does the scout get treated in the two-person so, per? I think they get, they, they get maybe even a less of a – they're not reporting it. I mean, maybe because I'm pressed, but I think the press should be lit in to these buildings to report on this stuff so the people who can't be there can at least read about it and learn about it, be given information that's very so, important. So a lot of livelihoods. What about scouts? But a lot of livelihoods depend on scouts, okay? The team that they're scouting for. Yes. The kid that they're scouting. Yes. The scout itself. The schools that are coming to watch. <laughs> yeah. It, like this. Uh, it, for me, it's just it, that's such an important part of high school hockey that I don't think you know we don't talk about it a lot. You know, no, we we both, all three of us, know a lot of scouts. Yes, it, and I. Tend and I'm to, not saying they're not coming in. I'm just saying what reality is. Yeah, and we tend to sit next. to I sit next to the scouts. Too, yeah, because I don't like to sit next to parents all the time. Um, <laughs> really, <laughs> really, but yeah, they're. It's just really like, okay, so are they allowed in? Can they talk to players after the game? Like, what's what's the whole protocol with that? And then are they willing to drive an hour and a half? For the risk of not being let, let in? in? I, uh, I totally agree. Because most scouts, and I know this, we make spur-of-the-moment decisions. Big you know, time. Uh, and that's very true for because I, I decide sometimes at four thirty or five o'clock where I'm going to go. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. that's very true for scouts. It's like, oh, did I see you there? Yeah, yeah, I decided to come to this one, and that's. But how many times I've heard I decided to go to this or like we went to it's very common. We were at Hermantown versus Hill Murray. It was a two o'clock game or a one thirty game Saturday afternoon. We saw a number of scouts there. And then a number of scouts later that night, because I knew that they went to that one to catch Hermantown and Hill, and then went to a late conference game because they were seeing certain players. And and they they needed to see Hermantown play instead of driving all the way up to Hermantown. Didn't, like, Blaine play White Bear after that one? If, like three hours later. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Was it Blaine and White yes, Bear? Yes, because it was the makeup game at Aldrich from the year before that it had to get rescheduled at Aldrich. Anyway. Weird time. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> okay. Any, but that's where scouts, like, you're not going to see any scouts. And if you don't see any scouts, then are kids going to continue to play high school hockey? If scouts don't come, yeah. Well, I don't know. What are, what are the rules for an NA or a USHL game for scouts? I'm not sure they're going to be allowed in either. It's going to depend on whatever... Know, jurisdiction rules are so it can vary by state and we've seen you know, there's some crazy stuff happening a couple and eight teams have, have just canceled their season there's been a couple um, two like the, the alaska teams are relocating yeah yeah so alaska's coming to marshall minnesota right i mean hmm. 
at, at least high school hockey has, you know, you have school and institutional money coming in. They, they, these leagues rely on their gate. Yes. Like, they don't exist without it. Yeah. And, or, or better put, Carl, the, the, they also have, uh, you say institutional money, they're actually paid to play, where the NA and the USHL are, these are, they're paying, not necessarily paying, they're paying for the players to play for free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a, there's a big money trail here as well as to what's going to happen. But I know those USHL teams in South Dakota and North Dakota aren't going to have any issues with allowing fans or uh, a number of fans into their building. So they won't be hurting. No, it's just, yeah, and the, there's a lot of players that play for scouts. Yeah, for sure they do. And, and if scouts aren't there, they're going to go find some place that scouts are there. Absolutely. And no one really knows what this looks like. There's a lot of mystery. Yeah. Speaking of not knowing what this thing looks like, last uh, factor here is the MSHSL. Um, what do you guys think? How uh, a business like this, if, if they don't receive money, as you would say, Danny, Trump money, how, Trump can, bucks. how can they afford to maintain themselves if they don't have Trump bucks? Carl? Here. Yeah. So I... Did some looking into this. So, Thank uh, you. First off, high school did get did get PPP money, so they got some federal bailout. Um, but even so, they're already looking at a four hundred thousand dollar deficit for just having the fall sports for fall tournaments canceled. So, and if you look at their budgets for the past few years, which you can, these are they're public data. Um, these are nonprofit. Um, you know, the, the league normally pulls in you know, six seven million dollars a year, but their actual total income it's it's Usually, low five figures. They actually lost money in the most recent year that they have filings for. Year before, they made hundred made seven hundred twelve dollars. <laughs> so, it's not a high revenue operation. And you start looking at this, and you know, it's you, you start asking the question: Can this league survive without its what has to be its biggest money maker, which is high school hockey tournament and high school football the, is the a contract. I don't know what the biggest money maker is. I would think a hundred thousand fans a day for four days would be a pretty big tournament wise. Yeah. yeah, tournament wise, wrestling is also really it's big. It's got to be big. Um, but I think all sports, it's football, just because of the most teams play football, and then you get mm-hmm. uh, more fans. Yeah, and yeah. then there's, there's also the question of expenses because uh, I know the XL is definitely more expensive to rent than some of the football facilities, and there's a whole backstory on that. But at, at the same time, though, I think don't underestimate the role of the TV revenue. That has to be a huge part of their income stream, and if they lose that, and we all know what the, the big driver of that is, the hockey. Yes, no question. The ratings for hockey have to be what drives that TV contract with with uh, Channel Five. Yeah. Or 45. 45. Okay, so can they survive without this, or, or do you think the PPP money will be enough to keep it's them not, afloat? No. No, it's not enough. It's, that's just a temporary little stopgap. And I think, you know, and I think they've already talked about, you know, passing more fees onto their schools, which they can do, which kind of rocks Peter to pay a Paul. But uh, obviously, I think they can try to do, but if this gets really drawn out and they start losing all their tournaments this year, yeah, they're in big trouble. And they're going to be another bailout. And tournaments might not get played at premier venues. Right. That, right. I mean, honestly, that's that's a real thing. It's a very real thing. And if you thing. don't have fans in the stands, why, why do they need to be anyway? <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. Like, 
why can't it just be played at Big Two? You know, well, you would have to play it in a venue that would be really. I still think you're going to need to play it at, 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 at minimum. You're going to have to play it at Ritter for the camera. You know, you're going to have to have a lot of cameras in the building lot. to put on a great to put on to get the camera angles that you want. You know, and I think that I still think you could play it at the X if, if they had ice there. Well, yeah, the X might not have ice because I. I haven't looked too much into it, but when is NHL supposed to start back up again? And would they play outside of a bubble? Like Exactly. Again, a lot of it what ifs. And I think this is goes back to one of our stupid questions that I thought was stupid is the whole push it back two weeks, put two months, three months. It's like it's just, there's just there's just not enough data to prove out whether a bubble works versus a non-bubble works, but it seems like baseball is kind of surviving. Yeah, College football is going to be a really, really fun study, which has nothing to do with boys' high school hockey, but you have to admit yeah. the amount of fans, they're going to have more fans in the stands than normal. Yeah. Then can can anyone else? Yeah. Can these red state, you know, college well, you football know this programs as well. play football? Iowa State pushed back their home opener. I don't know. Or cancel fans. They canceled fans. fans. They were supposed to have 25,000 in Jack Trice. uh, Yeah. But that stadium doesn't hold that many. 60,000? Maybe. And it's a two sided one. And I mean, it's hard for us because Big Ten is canceled. So. Yeah, well, I, don't get me started on that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me started. Golfers could have played a lot of games. (laughs) Yeah. Why? (laughs) Their hockey team could have, not, not their football team. Their football team, hockey Don't team would have been just fine. <laughs> would have been totally fine. Plenty of social distancing there. But the football team, I mean, they're selling out. They would have sold out their whole stadium this year. I know. Unfortunately, which is perfect timing. Good then. Yeah, it's perfect timing as it's a, a perfect lifelong for for football, football fan. <laughs> excuse. So we've we've touched them all. We've touched the fans. You know who we haven't really talked about? Who? We haven't talked about the players. Yeah. You know I mean, like, how does this affect players? I, th- I think players, you know what? Uh, I feel bad for the players, especially these O3s, these kids where they've, you know, you know, they're, they're O2 brothers, the kids who just, you know, they had a, they got to see everything, you know? Yeah. These kids are getting robbed of a lot. And I, I feel bad for the players, you know, because there's so much uncertainty, you know. You could be drafted by a by a USHL team that doesn't allow before and after, so you have to decide, you know, in August what you're going to do, you know, and you don't make the team. A lot of these high school kids went to USHL camps and didn't make it. Let's not kid ourselves. It's not, it's, it's not like, oh, I'll go play in the USHL. Like, it's no lock to make the USHL. When you consider Jack Jensen, who's a 2000, is playing <laughs> junior hockey this year. So good luck. You're four years, three years younger than Jack Jensen to go play against a kid like that who's still playing for a college scholarship. Like, yeah. it's not that easy just to go, oh, go play the USHL. So or much the different NA. than, it's, it's like, 15 game. years ago. It's a man's game down there, and there's – it's and, – and, and, I don't it, – it, high school hockey is here for a reason because it's it's a great product. Um, it's a great developing place. And I think if you're going to go play juniors, you know, look at Mike Kester. He's playing another year juniors, Okay, right? So, so it's like, hi- hypothetically here, uh, Tony, so uh, these junior teams start to fold, okay, because they, they, might, could. they might have to. Two 
two NA teams have opted to just cancel their seasons. Topeka, mm -hmm. somewhere in Kansas, and then a team yeah. in Corpus Christi. Somewhere in the south, yeah. yeah. So I'm, what I'm just wondering, okay, is if these teams can't continue, okay, then it goes back to high school. There's a lot of it. There's there's so much swing that could happen here. And, like, we talked about Bantams a little bit here. Like, there's yeah. a – I mean, literally, there were four really good Bantam teams last year. You can make a case for eight, right? This year, there could be 12 unbelievable Bantam teams because of this <laughs> swing. And so it's just, like, it's so volatile. No one knows exactly what's going to happen. I tell people all the time, like, it's not necessarily day-to-day -day decisions are made, but I literally don't really make decisions but every three days. Like, okay, I think – we're going to have a tournament yeah. next weekend. I'm confident we're going to host our PB Challenge next weekend. Do, am I confident about the f weekend after? Not too much, you know? Yeah. And that's what everyone's life is, and it's really hard from an anxiety perspective. And I can only imagine the anxiety it is having on the players. What do you think, Carl, about the players? What are your thoughts on those kids? Yeah, it's a put in impossible place. And I, I don't think I – other than people who are actually – Seriously, getting sick. I, there's no one I feel worse for in this entire pandemic than people who are, you know, between the ages of, you know, 15 and 22. <laughs> like, what a time of your life I've taken away from you. It's absolutely miserable. Yeah. And <laughs> I agree. And so it's it's just hard. And and, and the, we also realize, you know, the vast majority of high school players, you know, we, we spend a lot of time on the kids who are going to play after high school, but you know, the majority of them aren't. And you got these kids who just want to play the sports they've loved for, you know, their entire childhood, and they've got you know, one or two years left, maybe, and then. And this Probably is it. Yeah. And this <laughs> is it. Yeah, I know. It, it, you know, a kind of funny anecdote. My mom was talking this weekend up at the cabin. Like, my brother was skating when the towers went down at Braemar. Like, just really? doing morning skate. Hmm, and, yeah. and, but, like, that's, you know, just skating. You know, that's that's so many kids, though. You know, and they might not have that possibility. To even skate. To even skate. I mean, that's it's just, it, you know, this is, that's their life is skating. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a few players uh, and some coaches here. Talk actual hockey players and Yay. actual hockey as opposed <laughs> hey, to. There. Yeah, <laughs> let's just talk a few of them. Uh, we talk, we'll, we'll talk about a couple commits, a couple coaches. Before I do that, I want to just highlight some of the local kids that made the National Development Program. Some you guys know and some you don't. Isaac Howard uh, and Ryan Chesley, two kids that I've known since squirt days, the one from Matamita and one from Hudson. They're Shattuck kids that are that made the program. Maddox Fleming, who you guys saw play as like an eighth grader maybe? I think uh, he was eighth I don't grader, know if I ever grader. saw him, though. Oh, yeah, he's a, a star. He committed to – we'll talk about his. He committed to Notre Dame. He's, he made the program. Cole Spicer's a Grand Forks, North Dakota kid. Uh, he made the program. And then two high school freshmen last year, Charlie Strammel and Jimmy Snuggerud. They'll accelerate their academics, I'm sure. They'll be juniors in high school this year. Uh, they'll be playing in Michigan for the program. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six kids. Oh, and then you I forgot about Cruz. So Cruz Lucius uh, yeah. from Gentry and younger brother of Chaz, he also made the program as well. So it's a big class of locals that that made the program. Granted, Spicer and is from North Dakota and um, Howard's from Hudson, but they've we've seen these guys plenty in, in playing our stuff. Uh, and then you can't forget about uh, uh, Nick Pierre. He's made his way to I think Sioux City, maybe. Uh, yeah, Sioux City. Yeah, Sioux City. Yeah, Sioux City. He he was um, taken by them as a um, 
what do they got call those tender? He was tender by them. Yeah. So he's gone. He's not coming back to Hill Murray. Um, so those are all 04 birth year kids. It'll be sophomore, juniors, high school age. So they're not playing high school hockey here. And congrats to them on making their trip there. Um, let's talk about some coaching, coaching changes too, since we've last talked. Uh, Mike Taylor has left Egan. He's been replaced by Todd Carlson. Grant? Not replaced. Uh, Mike Taylor resigned. Yeah. Oh, resigned. Not resigned, but like left. Uh, he, want, he's been there for like yeah. Oh, oh yeah he was never fired no no no, so, no. he's sorry. left he's left Todd Carlson's replaced him Mike Taylor had a great career yeah he did uh Grant Cla- the one that mm-hmm. strikes me is uh is Grant Clafton uh from mm-hmm. Grand Rapids left Greenway uh resigned from, he's he's a Grand Rapids guy yeah I know it's just <laughs> it's weird isn't it um, um, Brian Murphy was hired at SPA, uh, Josh Myers, a former UMD Bulldog, and uh, he was, uh, hired at Alexandria, his alma mater. He's back there. Uh, Jason Wise. From there. What's that? <laughs> Got some work cut out from there with, uh, North Star Academy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Two or three of their best players, youth players are going mm-hmm. to North Star and not playing high school hockey, Ugh. which is going to mm-hmm. make, uh, for, uh, some uncomfortable conversations. Uh, then Jason Wise uh, took the job at Marshall, Duluth Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about that? Having work put up for yeah, I know. You want to talk a little bit about that, Carl? Uh, I only have one more after that, which was the Aaron Fulton Eastview. But let's talk about Duluth. Yeah, the, the, la- the landscape in Duluth is quite interesting right now. And this is a little bit ad hoc, um, simultaneous here. But let's talk about what's going on in Duluth. Because I think that Duluth East is... Uh, I think that uh, Rand is in a little bit of trouble up in Duluth right now uh, with with the parents. Is that true? Well, there's an, there's been another little attempt to out him. Yes, yeah. I, I don't think it's going anywhere. But certainly, there are parents who are upset. There are you know, there's been some of this forever with Duluth East, so he's kind of gotten used to it. It ebbs and flows, but um, yeah, there's some question at least and long term. And he's, of course, he's not young either, so. Obviously, the youth numbers are still very strong, but where will they play high school? You know, obviously, you know, these people hope it's East, but it's at least open possibility that there is that Marshall can pull it in a few of them. That's my point. Is it's a, I'm not saying, I mean, parents unhappy with Randolph is <laughs> like the sun coming up every day. So I'm not, I'm not right. calling out any major news here or major rumors, but th- there has been rumblings. Like you said, we've been at the ranks the last two years. We've heard these rumblings. We've heard, I've heard it firsthand from. from yeah. Last, last season mm-hmm. did not help. I, I don't Correct. think any of that, um, <laughs> no, but it wasn't Mike's. And, and I think Carl, you and I would probably say that it's not Mike's fault last season. No, <laughs> Okay, but you there was, would say there's a lot going on there. <laughs> compared to uh, 15, 16, 17, uh, I would say Duluth East, the recruiting at Duluth East is a little bit more fragile than it was in those years, correct? Yeah, I agree. Like, they had a, basically a decade there where they lost almost no one good to Marshall, which really, if you go back to the previous decade, was you know, the kind of page of pace. But, correct. But they, they really closed down the borders, and there's no guarantee it'll continue to be that way. All right. So then another, you know, optic to put on this is, is the West side. Uh, and I, and I, when I say West side, I talk about Hermantown, Hermantown, uh, when, when the, when the plant brothers come through there, they're going to have too many players 
for mm-hmm. 20 varsity spots. There's going to be either a junior it's about gold. Time. There's, yeah, there's either going to be a junior yeah. gold Hermantown program, Ugh. or there's going to be an influx of kids to Proctor. Junior gold B Hermantown program. Proctor has a new coach this year. Um, mm-hmm. Pionk Scott uh, Pionk, I believe, is the coach at Proctor, uh, which makes no Jeff Lapasse. No, he's not the. Oh, he's the yeah. assistant yeah, there, right? Yeah, the assistant. assistant, right? Which makes things interesting there on the west side. Uh, mm-hmm. Duluth uh, Denfeld is going to be awesome this year. With McClure's. And the next two years, they're going to be really good. So I think the landscape in Duluth, I mean, if, if, if things were regular right now, would be really fun time to be in that area because there's going to be a lot of moving parts. Yeah. yeah. And- Carl, what do you think about that? Yeah, and you look at someone like Marshall, then, I mean, it's, it's going to be a long road back, but it's an opportunity. And you look back at what they did maybe in the late 90s when they were also terrible, but Brendan Flaherty came in and made them pretty relevant in a hurry. They did it in Class A, which helps, and maybe that's something that they need to do to but make that, that was, jump quicker. But um, That was one of my questions before the show. Should Marsha mm-hmm. move back to Class A? I mean, from a competitive standpoint, uh, I don't think there's any question. <laughs> and there's there's a pride question, um, so we'll see where they go. But yeah, but the uh, one thing Marshall's got going for it is already a private school, right? And so it's easier to transfer, and easier to get kids to come in. Exactly, especially from the surrounding area, getting a kid yep. to come in from from Eveleth or Greenway or whatever. You can get kids to move there. It wouldn't be. Too much of a, a leap. Did they ever have kids that no, did that? No, I'm just saying it's. it's I would possible. say Superior would be. Oh, absolutely. Easier. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So. Yeah, they had kids, definitely. Oh, okay. I think we have touched on it all. Let's end it on a on a high note. We've had three uh, players who have played high school hockey in Minnesota have recently committed. Maddox Fleming, uh, we just talked about. He committed to Notre Dame last week. Uh, so did uh, Jackson Hallam from St. Thomas Academy. Committed to Michigan. Committed to Michigan. And then Kate Aaronholtz committed to Colorado College from Lakeville South. So pretty... Kate Aaronholtz is a tank. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he just seen when he was a peewee. Well, he oh, could have played college football. Oh, like he's, no question he's about that it. good. So it, CC is getting some really, really good players from Minnesota right now. And the, the list is long. It's going to be fun. That'll be my Friday night and Saturday nights when I go through all the D1 goal scorers like I do. That's going to be a lot. Of, CC will be like the first button I push. I'm like, oh, here's a kid. Here's a kid. Here's a kid. Casey here's, here's Burke Holder. Here's, you know, yeah. Christy. Here's Christy. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun to see those kids go out there. Matt Gleason and those kids just to kind of go out there and explore. It's going to be fun to watch. So it's been fun catching up with you guys. Any final thoughts before we wrap up the show, Danny or Carl? Not really from me. So Carl? much unknown. I know. I know. Yeah. Not just, and just because that's stay calm, relax. Don't overreact every little thing. <laughs> I agree. We'll I agree. Stay safe. Keep your masks on. Uh, be nice to people at the rink, especially the guys driving the Zamboni or at the front door as much as you possibly can. Let's make this uh, a, uh, a fun process. Let's make some fun out of it and uh, enjoy hockey, whatever it might look like. For uh, Carl and Duluth, Danny here in the studio, I'm Tony Scott. Thanks for tuning in to today's show.